Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever this finds you throughout your day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Redefining Reality. I am Brian Hardy, your host, holistic nutritionist and wellness advisor. And I've got a good one today. Got a good one today. Before we get into what that good one is, I just want to share a couple things. So starting on the 22nd, I've got the Keto Kickstart Fasting Mimicking Diet Experiment Community Challenge going on, which if you are interested, if you are interested to uh, burn some fat, to let go of what is no longer serving you, uh, upregulate your body's metabolic flexibility so that you can burn fat as a primary source of fuel and uh, just learn more about how to control your energy, how to optimize your health, then this could be a great little experience for you. And if you want more details, just go through either my Facebook group, which is Revitalized Performance. You can find that on Facebook. Or go to the episode show notes for this week, which are going to be over at brianhardy.ca forward slash Anya, A-N-Y-A. And you'll find all the details, and I hope that you join us. In terms of our supports, the people, the brands that I like, that I trust, that I use, that I like to share with y'all, we are talking Perfect Keto. Perfect Keto. Um, whose products are very supportive of the fasting mimicking protocol. Uh, they make the best ketones that I've found on the market. They make the most tasty, the easiest on the gut, and completely dairy-free. So if you want to get the power of ketones into your life, if you want to feel what it's like to really nourish yourself on that level and get that clarity and that stability of energy and focus, then go on over to the show notes. And you will find a link that will give you 20% off. The other way that you can get that 20% off is just going to perfectketo.com and using coupon code BRIAN, B-R-Y-A-N, all caps. Use that code. It's good for 20% off anything, your entire order, until the end of February. So depending on when you're listening to this, if you want to try some ketones, some MCT oil powder, get that goodness into your life and save 20% while you're at it, which is on and above the price, the sale price, um, then go on and do that, right? Find the link and use coupon code BRIAN. That's perfectketo.com. Okay, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Amazon and Audible. Amazon and Audible. These are places where you probably already buy things, right? You probably already have Amazon shipping you stuff on a fairly regular basis, and you may or may not be a member of Audible. And 
If you're not a member of Audible, then you want to go to audibletrial.com forward slash Brian Hardy and get yourself a three a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, right? Yours to keep even if you cancel the service before it renews after 30 days. Um, and I mean, I can't say enough good things about audiobooks. They make any experience into a learning or a experience in storytelling or tapping into your imagination, you know, really using your mind's eye to create what it is you're, you're hearing as the uh, narrator or the author speaks, which is just a very rich experience and can be very life-enhancing. And so I implore you to uh, give, your, give that to yourself. And so the last thing is Amazon.com, right? We all use it. Most of us use it. And if you go through my link over at the blog, you will, you know, you don't have to pay anything more. You don't have to do any fancy sign up or process like that. You just go through the link and then Amazon gives a small percentage of what you buy over to yours truly. And uh, that can help support my work, support this movement, and uh, keep everything rolling on forward. So that's all. And uh, without further ado, I want to get into the intro for today's guest because she is a very dynamic, inspiring, and powerful woman. And I'm speaking of Anya Romanova. And I had the chance to sit down to have her over for some tea, for some snacks, and to really talk about some some stuff that uh, goes deep, right? We really tried to go deep and dig down and, and unearth some nuggets of wisdom, some applicable uh, action-oriented nuggets of wisdom that uh, that can benefit you, that can benefit you know anyone who tunes into this, friends, family, colleagues, whoever, whoever. Um, and so a few of the things that we talk about in the episode, a little bit of the highlights, we talk about finding balance in this really crazy world that we live in. We talk about masculine, feminine energy and dynamics and how that plays out. Um, the sense of urgency that many people are dealing with and how crippling that can be. We also get into the Genesis story of something that she is a co-creator of, which is her modern love project uh, business and sort of social experiment that is really cool, really cool way for seekers and people that are working on themselves who are single to to find a space, a, a curated and a facilitated space for connection with people that they might uh, resonate with, that, that they might want to get to know better. Um, so that is a really cool thing that she's got going on that we talk all about. Talk about the love language. We talk about the sort of universal PTSD that, uh, that seems to be plaguing a lot of our communities and a lot of our people. And uh, talk about some of our favorite teachers, um, you know, letting go of unnecessary suffering right letting go of that not knowing not needing that to be a default part of our lives even though it is for so many of us um and a whole lot more and so it was a really rich conversation um left me feeling inspired left me wanting to take action you know as any good coach knows and practices you always want to 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 have action points for moving forward and so anya is no different and uh sounds like the two of us are going to have to organize some sort of a community uh, nature sort of digital detox experience um, and so that will be coming out in the future over social media stay attuned to her page stay attuned to my page and uh, yeah 
you will be notified when and where that goes down. So I just want to say thank you again for being here. Thank you for expressing your truth, for stepping up, for being courageous, for being courageous to really be who you are, because that is not an easy thing in this world, as I'm sure you are well aware of. And uh, I'm going to rock us out on this podcast with a song called Between by Satsang featuring Nako. And I hope you enjoy it. All the show notes one last time over at brianhardy.ca forward slash Anya, A-N-Y-A. Now enjoy this conversation with Miss Anya Romanova. Okay. Thank you for being here. So nice to meet you. I'm here with Anya. And uh, we had to just put our put our little snacks aside and get down to business because already having just met and connected for about five, ten minutes, um, some really great conversational pieces are coming up and coming out to be talked about. And uh, I know just because, you know, you just told me that you want to talk about shit that matters. Yes. Which is what I'm all about, right? I think the world needs more of that. We were talking a little bit about the constant barrage of information and, you know, FOMO and all these different things. Just there's a lot of, of stuff out there, content out there. And I don't know how much of it is actually, you know, getting to some sort of, you know, foundational pieces or, or, or really engaging the critical mind and, and opening perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I see a lot of back and forth people arguing their points and sort of being further solidified into dogma and into rigidness. Mm-hmm. Um, so any opportunity that I can have to facilitate more openness and expansiveness and to have my own beliefs, you know, broken down and restructured, um, which is always a healthy thing, mm-hmm. right? So I'm excited and uh, stoked to jump in. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to talk about it. And as I said, I don't know what this conversation is going to be like, and we'll probably challenge some of this belief that we all have and the urgency of creating something in life, achieving something in life, and really getting to, I don't mean more conscious about it. Like, is this mm. actually what I want? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm excited. And um, to say a little bit about myself and the work that I do, I'm a certified coach and I work with people one-on-one. I also work within organizations. But one of the projects that I want to talk about, and I've never said actually how it was born. It's going to be Mm. about Modern Love Project. Yes. So when I came out of school, me and my colleague created this Women Leadership Network, which was a meetup group that has grown in over 600 members in under two years. Mm. And we've been throwing a lot of workshops and working with women on their... You know, just the way they show up in the world. We brought over a lot of speakers. We've designed a lot of workshops. And all those women, not all, but a lot of them kept asking me, okay, now that I'm doing all this work on myself, where do I meet guys? Mm. Where do I meet conscious men that are also doing work on themselves? And so out of that conversation, we had an idea of creating the Modern Love Project. And basically what it is, it's, as you say, it's like the creating space for people to just meet and connect taking singles offline, off Tinder, bringing them into house parties, Mm. 
that allowed them through a series of experiential exercises to really get to know each other. Mm. So it has been super exciting. And the same comment that I we hear over and over would be from a man or a woman who would say at the end of the party, you know, when I came in, and as usual, you would just scan the audience. I was like, eh, I'm not interested in anybody. And two and a half hours later, like, I can't wait to go on a date with like two or three people. Mm. And it's all about really, I think what, what's passionate, what I'm passionate about is really seeing people for who they are, connecting with them, seeing them, getting um, a sense of their being, the way they show up, their intellect, their sense of humor, versus just having two seconds where I just wipe to the left. Yeah. Next, next, next. I always say it's, it's an illusion of abundance of choice, which is mm. an illusion. But there's always something better. Like, you're great. Like, I'm having so much fun doing the podcast, but maybe there's someone someone who's doing better. Like, how do I know this is good enough? Is this good enough? Mm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because I've seen, or the way I contextualize it, it's like with our instant gratification culture and technology and ever-connectedness mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it's... Uh, it's come down to being the most superficial, right? Something like yeah. Tinder. Yeah. Two seconds, not even two seconds, half a second. I'm making a if decision. If you're not physically attracted or sexually excited by what you see, then it's done, right? This yeah. person does no value to me. Next. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I see a lot of things in our culture as they're created to be disposable, right? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's Whether it's food packaging or uh, electronics. electronics, anything, or people, right? Even people are seen as that. And in our unwillingness to work on it or give it a try, this whole cultural belief that if it's hard, I'm out. Mm. Like, if it's fun, let's do this. If it gets a little bit more difficult or hard, which it always does, if you're willing to get intimate with someone, there are things that you have to go through, right? And open up. Mm-hmm. And I always said the metaphor of even like have being sexual with someone is taking off clothes. Emotional intimacy requires the same layers to mm. be taken off, like layers, layers, layers of stuff to finally have that intimacy with one person. And the majority of us and our generation, I would say like about millennials, we're not willing to go there. Mm. It's too much work. Why? Like if there's another Brian. Mm right like mm-hmm. why yeah so when I, I it is a disposable I don't know economy or culture that we are collectively creating mm-hmm. but at least a lot of people and it's what was interesting to me that we always thought we we're going to struggle with men attracting men to this kind of events it's always the belief that women are more into spirituality or me, women are more into personal development i think there are also studies that show that for example in my work i work a lot with women way more women than men but events we had more men than women we had to turn mm. away men because men feel more urge of actually being seen for who i am mm. so i'm not just taking you out it's not just a free dinner for you you are actually interested to see who i am as a person mm. we had way more men saying yes i want to come do an event yeah well and it makes sense because um and getting back to the point of people not being willing to do the work i think it's just a fundamental uh, lack of maturing right mm. and and a lack of a healthy um 
process of maturation mm-hmm. that our you know our current culture doesn't have indigenous cultures still have in some mm-hmm. respect our ancestors had right rites of passage yeah. particularly for young men yeah. right because women have you know the moon time starts and then mm-hmm. that's there you're now entering womanhood yeah. for men it's not as clear and until we are seen i believe it's been my experience until we are seen by those that we respect as who we are and like sort of given that place of like okay this is who you are we see you we respect you we honor the gifts you have and you know you've got something to contribute until that happens there's this like void mm-hmm. that like oh maybe you know i graduate from university maybe that'll be make yeah. me feel full or i'll yeah. get a girlfriend or a family or a mortgage or whatever mm-hmm. and nothing fills the hole of um you know being shepherded into manhood which yeah. i think is an essential process that most of us don't get that we're constantly looking for external validation right? and then we're and then we're emotionally immature for our entire lives right so then when as soon as something comes up you do what a child does right they they run away or they throw a hissy fit mm-hmm. or they you know mm-hmm. oh poor me or whatever it is um and it's just yeah that not having that and, emotional maturity and i think what also i see in my work what happens then with men that they really lose themselves Mm. because then they start identifying with the role that they need to play, whether in a relationship or in their jobs, that is not always congruent with their personal values, right? Mm. And this is where slowly but surely I start kind of tolerating things and giving away parts of myself Mm. in order to fit in, in order to be the man. Mm. And then there comes a time where you look at yourself in the mirror and like, I don't even know this person anymore. The outside is great, right? I have a great job, I have a great education, I have achieved all those things, the external things that will make me a man. But on the inside, you, I, don't, I don't think you have achieved. Mm-hmm. Right? You probably see that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing men's work for a good few years now in multiple different settings and um, putting myself through sort of rites of passage and initiations and that sort of thing. Um, and I do see um, just like scared children yeah. inside of a lot of these grown men. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. It's yeah. sad because there's this, there's also, there's like this tenderness in there. And then I've in the past tended to swing too far to the other side and be like, it's all about discipline and it's all about mm-hmm. strength and like push through and force, like tough force, love, force. Yeah. which has its place, but it doesn't always work. And if you try and force something that wants to flow, mm-hmm. then you're just going like to make some pain. That's tweetable. Mm. If you're trying to force something that wants to flow. Mm. <laughs> okay. I dig it. Okay. And so you guys founded this Modern Love Project, right? You Which said is you still had... changing because the, the funny thing was that once we started running events for singles, we have couples reaching to us and saying, we want to do this work as a couple now. Mm. Because it's like, yeah, we've met each other, we fell in love, maybe we have a family, we've been together for a period of time, but we don't have the intimacy, we don't have the passion, we, we maybe don't even know who we are because the person I married 10 years ago is not the same person I'm with right now. Mm-hmm. So the couple said, we don't want to go out to dinner, what movie do you want to watch, can we come to an event? So actually in a month from now we're going to have our first event for couples and I'm mm-hmm. super excited about it. And what it's, like without giving away too many details, 
part of it because it's very experiential like it's facilitated from the moment you walk in mm. and part of it would be exploring masculine feminine energy and that is not gender based and it's going to be a lot of dancing and a lot of playing and really the work on presence and intimacy with your partner mm. so we're super stoked we'll yeah. see and that's what i love about modern love project because it's it, it seems like it's a project and it's ongoing and mm. it's it has a place to shift and change with whatever is needed in the society but the theme stays the same that maybe it's singles maybe it's couples and maybe it's a community because the the vision behind it is how do we teach people to love better mm. how do we love better whether it's friendships community or strangers mm-hmm. yeah well that's the thing that i have a lot of hang-ups or not hang-ups maybe that's not the right word but uh the word love. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about love. It gets thrown around everywhere. Yeah. And it's very vague in many cases. It's like this all-encompassing term. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I feel like we need better language, more precise language, because I think language is so important with mm-hmm. how we can conceptualize and communicate and mm-hmm. really, you know, point towards whatever it is we're trying to point towards with representations, yeah. you know, and. Love for me, it just it's not it doesn't cut it because there's so many different kinds of love, and I mean, I know in different languages they have very clear, right, different words for different kinds of love. There's like, um, was like philos, which would be like love of knowledge or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's like different ones like agape love, which is like the father's love. This is drawing off of like yeah. Christian, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. text stuff, and so they have a very clear uh, breakdown. What's coming up for me? Or is it the resistance to love is because love almost has a bad rep? Mm. Right? Yeah, maybe it is the language. And maybe we don't have to choose what kind of love. Maybe, what if we had all of it? I have a lot of love for my children, and I have love for my partners, and I have love for my work, and I love books. To me, it's almost like feels like now we need to choose. Mm. Or people like, yeah, they don't want to throw it around because it's like, what is love? And again, does it come back to disposable uh, generation that we talked about? Mm -hmm. That we don't even believe in love anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. Maybe it is that. There's probably tinges of that, I'm sure. Um, But like, for instance, say someone says, oh, I love, you know, this matcha latte from a restaurant or Mm -hmm. something. And then they use the same thing, oh, but I love, you know, my grandmother. I love... Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I had someone break it down to me that they they had a partner who refused to say, like, I love you in that traditional mm-hmm. sense. But he would say, I think it was, I behold you in love mm-hmm. or I behold love for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes, and I've been guilty of this, when I'm saying I love you to somebody, I'm really saying... I, li- I like the way I'm feeling right now in your presence, mm-hmm. right? Or I love hanging out with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love how you make me feel. Yeah, when you show up in this particular way, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's very like... Um, Is it conditional then? Well, probably, in many times. I mean, I've, I've definitely been guilty. For myself, first mm-hmm. of all, right, of conditional love. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not worthy. I'm less... Yeah. 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 And then, of course, I project that onto other people, right? Mm-hmm. It's natural. 
So yeah, I'm I'm definitely no you know saint walking around with pure unconditional love no, for all humanity. You're but not. No. <laughs> well, I don't know your outfit. You guys can see it, but your outfit would make me think so. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's I mean, I love I love grappling with this. But this, this is the conversation, and right? It. And like this, that's my whole idea. Is like let's bring people together and like talk about it. And that's mm. what also happens at the events. We do a lot of like debriefing. We all do an exercise where we like blindfolded symbols and strangers that met for the first time. And we made them spend some time together and like really like be with each other and feel each other without even knowing who you're with. Mm. Like on the level of like humanity. And asking people like, what did that feel like? Mm. What are you taking away? Like, what did you feel about that person? What do you wish for that person? So I feel like it's not like there's no sexual aspect to it. It's great if someone falls in love. Like, I would love more than anything for couples to start meeting each other. But to me, the bigger concept of this project is like, how do we learn to just love each other and be with each other and be more, as you said, you know, tender with each other and gentle. Mm. And and me loving you helps you love yourself and helps you be more loving, right, in a a society. Mm. Because yesterday somebody posted... um, a little article almost like on a Facebook saying what is your love language mm. and I think around like the you know about, about the love yeah, the, five yeah, different yeah, love yeah. languages and I think majority of people their first love language was touch and there was like 40 people within a couple of hours said touch is my first love language mm. which makes us think and the guy who posted it we've had a little conversation on Facebook he said are we really undertouched and underloved definitely in society Because that's what it points to, that we're all just craving touch. Because, yes, we're so connected online, 24-7. Again, the illusion, right? I can reach out. I'm never alone. Mm -hmm. I'm never alone, right? I can reach out to anybody at any moment of time, anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. But, like, we're yearning to be touched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need it, right? It's a biological necessity. Exactly. And uh, I don't know which people this comes from, but I'd heard it. It's like a tribal proverb or indigenous proverb Mm -hmm. that you need seven hugs a day to survive. Right? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it reminds me of a little cartoon. Remember where she had a hug watch? I think it was the about the emotions. I can't remember uh, the name of a movie, but it will come up. Mm. And this little troll had a hug watch, and every hour it would ring, and everybody's like, "Hug time!" Oh. And whoever is around you, you start just hugging them. So maybe oh. that's the invention. Okay, the hugging this app. This is a business idea. Yeah, the hugging app. Okay. The hugging app that sends notifications once an hour to hug someone. Who and if is other people are nearby that have the app, then it'll. Yeah, oh. or you just go and hug, and they're like, why are you hugging me? Like well, then you'll get charged with assault. Someone will charge you with, you know, being a... Well, hopefully it gets um, popular enough that people will be like, oh, those I'll weirdos. Those weirdos <laughs> now walking around and hugging people. Yeah. The tree hugging app. Mm. Okay, noted. Noted. If anyone's listening and has <laughs> an entrepreneurial, yeah. you know, go for it. Run with it. The world could use more hugs, most definitely. Yeah, it really, uh, whenever I meet someone who is very opposed to being hugged or is, mm-hmm. like, scared, something inside me just, like, there's something not right. And, mm-hmm. I mean, some people probably maybe just they don't like being hugged. There's sensitive I skin I think there's, like, also a cultural, right, aspect of it oh, and family. Oh, huge. 
Like I come Huge. from Eastern Europe and we're very cold. Like Finland and mm. Sweden and like all those like northern countries. We're very conscious of our personal space. Mm. Like super nice, but we're like, eh, no. And it took me a long time to give like long hugs. Mm. Not just like, yeah, I like you too. But it's like sincere hug. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still working on it, but because it's so cultural, it's like your like personal space. You you grow up with it, right? You're like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, someone is invading. Yeah, those are the boundaries. Yeah, and rewriting that can take mm-hmm. a lot of time. And trusting, mm-hmm. right? The whole trusting element mm-hmm. versus like I, I'm safe. I'm feeling safe. There's something to be said. I, I also listened to a podcast that nine eleven, and this is just an idea, has caused this. Kind of like a universal uh, post-traumatic disorder, PTSD. Mm. And I, at a time, I was uh, in Estonia on another side of the planet. And I remember feeling that it's not safe anywhere in the world. Mm. Like, if it happened in America, this is it. And people have been living with that, like, I'm not feeling safe in the world. And I think Mm. a lot of people struggle with that. Mm. And um, I, I believe in a genetic memory, in DNA memory mm. of previous generations and what they went through, and it's being passed on, right? Yeah. So there's that with yeah. hugging. Yeah. Well, and there's also that, like when you said, you know, um, universal PTSD. I came across a similar concept, but it was in relation to the, um, essentially, the shift from hunter-gatherer societies Mm -hmm. small scale you Mm -hmm. know lots of like pagan type of like animistic nature worshipping tribes tribes to you know a lot of genetic cleansing and genocide and the church Mm -hmm. and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and being cut off from the mother from nature yeah and how that really is at the root of you know all of western society all of Mm -hmm. you know christian society catholic whatever um and uh so it's very true Right, so even mm-hmm. before something like nine eleven, we're talking thousands of years ago. Yeah. That that wound has been there. Yeah. Right, and passed down and passed down the and trauma. passed down. Yeah. Big. So how are we gonna heal, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. the work that we're all doing, and we touched a little bit upon it, that I'm not gonna stay out of it. It's like I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. It's mm-hmm. Like every one of us, I feel like, are contributing to this healing process right where I take mm-hmm. care of myself and this was such a foreign concept to me that I am not responsible for your feelings or mm. emotions but I'm responsible for money so you're not causing me I'm not causing you anything you're not causing me distress I'm responsible for my own emotions and feelings and take care of them and heal myself and then I can empathize with you but I'm mm-hmm. not it's almost like we're always looking for someone to blame right yeah she hurt me yeah and like the whole concept that I have to be responsible for my own well-being and nobody's causing it. But also the freedom of knowing that I'm not responsible for yours though. Like mm. you're the one in charge. I can emphasize, I can be, you know, sympathetic about it, but I can't be responsible. And when you throw it at me that, you know, you did this, have I, right? Mm. It's like, yes, in some sense maybe, but then you're allowing yourself to feel hurt. Or you're allowing yourself to feel disrespected in that moment and there's something there to explore yeah Does that makes sense definitely definitely no one of the most tr- transformative experiences of my life was like uh, this is f- almost four years ago now and it was around that those were some of the ground rules um, 
was that you can't say, you know, you're making me feel something. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. I, I make myself feel. Yeah. When you do this, I make myself feel wounded or hurt or yeah. triggered, yeah, whatever yeah. the thing is. And, uh, yeah, that's a total, total shift, right? Total shift. The only reason I had been somewhat on that spectrum was because after I got really sick, I had to face the whole victim thing and mm-hmm. realize I did this to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I can't blame anybody mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. over that and move forward. Um, but it feels good to be a victim, right? It feels very oh, good to give it. away like suffering. Yeah. I always say oh suffering is my drug of choice. I <laughs> love suffering. Like, I love it. I like, I love it. I love suffering. I'm like, mm. oh my God, life is so hard. I do mm. this. Like, I love it. Mm. And yet realize that it's not serving us. Like, it's mm-hmm. not serving anybody. It's not serving me. And slowly taking yourself out of it, falling back in it, taking yourself out of it. It's like ongoing, right? Because also depending on like what you went through in life, because sometimes that's the only kind of like state and feeling, you know, mm. you know, for a lot of us. Like, we are so used to, like, unnecessary suffering. Like, unnecessary. Yeah. Because I think I'm very clear now, especially living in North America. When I go to a store and I see somebody with, like, a grumpy face. And I know we all go through different things. But the bigger picture of it, you live, as you said, in one of the best countries in the world. We have everything. Like, there is, like, we have no right to suffer. Mm. We don't. Because all of the things that we are, I don't know, going through, everything is figureoutable. There is, there is always a support. It's just taking charge and choosing to reach out. Yeah, and being courageous. Being courageous. Being open, being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there. Yeah. Which is hard, right? It's hard for a lot of people. Until you get some momentum, that's what I've always found for myself, right? Until you get momentum, because I wasn't always, you know, really calm in social situations and mm-hmm. just like walking into a room of people that I don't know and loving it. I love that now. But there was a time where that would be very, you know, anxiety inducing, mm-hmm. fear inducing. Mm-hmm. But once you do it a few times and you recognize people are just people, yeah. right? We're all just people. Yeah. Then looking to connect, looking yeah. for the same thing, looking to belong, everybody. Yeah. yeah I so like that. Yeah, there's something about practicing and there's something about, I think vulnerability is more... When I do it, and I choose to do it from time to time, I know it gives other people permission to do it too. It's almost like, yes, I am doing it for myself, and yet I'm doing it for like so many other people. And a lot of times people would reach out to me and say, you know what, I've been reading you for the last two years. I've been following you for like two and a half years. I never had the courage to reach out, and now it's the time. Mm. It's almost like you never even know when people are reading or listening or following some of the things that you do. But because you did that, I did this. Because you did that, I did this. So there's always like that. I keep it in mind that I'm, I'm doing it like for so many other people who are just watching. And maybe they don't have the courage enough now to do something about it. But they'll come a time when it almost like gives them permission to mm-hmm. say, me too, in whatever yeah. sense, right? Yeah. I think it's a huge one, the yeah. permission, right? feeling free enough to give ourselves permission mm-hmm. right and then I think just because we are such a sort of you know um, emulating kind of animal right yeah. it's like primates in general mm-hmm. we see and we learn monkey see monkey yeah. do type of thing you have to see someone else do it and then you're like oh I can do it too right it makes it that much realer but also it makes it easier because you're not doing it for yourself mm. 
Yeah, to get yourself out of the like, picture. Get yourself out of the picture because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about all the people that it will have an impact on mm. or what will it allow them to do. Like I always, I'm like, I'm just one of like billions. It doesn't matter. Like it's not about you. I think my tagline, I often say it, like it's not about you. Mm. Like we, we make it about ourselves, but it's yeah. not about you. No. Often. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. Let's talk about the masculine feminine because okay. I know you do work with men and yeah, the yeah. whole what's your take on it? I mean yeah, so getting away from gender, we're just talking energies, yeah, we're right? Talking so energies. different 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 ways that creation expresses itself, mm-hmm. right? For life to exist, we need death. For light, we need dark. Yeah. For hardness, we need softness. For um, flowing, we need, you know, directed, yeah. right? And I feel like just for the for our audience, and not not to make any assumptions, but let's talk mm-hmm. about a little bit of like the masculine energy, okay, and the feminine. Like, what is masculine? Like, how would you? Yeah, describe? my understanding, it's yeah. more um, consciousness based, right? More like cerebral thinking, analytical, analytical logical, problem solving, yeah. penetrating. Um, yes, exactly. Um, firm, you know, mm-hmm. strength. Yeah. Uh, rootedness. What's the shadow side of it? Uh, I mean, the shadow side can be sort of like the tyrannical, right? Yeah. Manipulative. Aggressive. Aggressive. Cold, distant. Cut off. Yeah. Mm. And the feminine? Feminine would be, you know, um, more expressive, emotional. Uh, nurturing. Nurturing. Uh, intuitive. Intuitive. Creative. Supportive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the shadow side of feminine? Yeah, it would I guess also be manipulative. Um, Bitchy. Bitchy. Oversensitive. Yeah. Maybe. Overly emotional. Yeah. Lost in emotion. Yeah. So what what is more like natural to you, would you say? You know, at this point, it's hard to say what's natural mm. because I've been raised. Native. Let's call it native. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me personally, I have tended to be more, more flexible, mm-hmm. more in the middle. Definitely more masculine, right? I'm attracted to women. I'm attracted to femininity. Um, but I'm not so far on the masculine that, at least in certain aspects of mm-hmm. it, that I can't, you know, relax and enjoy and cook and nurture people. And, you know, I love to nourish people. Like, it's one mm-hmm. of my most favorite things to do. And so I would see, and using words of, like, David Data, right, who wrote The Way of the Superior Man, which is a very, you know, mm-hmm. instructive in my journey um, sort of... Uh, you know, piece of work, but I would say I'm more like me- mid masculine, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, not not like I'm not like uh, jumping back and forth between identification, but I'm definitely not super high. And I look at it from a hormonal yeah. perspective as yeah. well. I'm not like a super high testosterone male, mm-hmm. right? Do you also feel like if we are more conscious about it, then we almost like can choose? where to be what like maybe when i'm in my professional life i'm more masculine Mm -hmm. and maybe like when i go home or like those are like there are certain people that i can be more feminine with like Mm -hmm. so that we can actually kind of like choose which one to pull yeah i think they're like tools right Mm -hmm. and i really came into this originally through tantric yoga which speaks a lot about this right and how Mm -hmm. it's not good or bad or you know whatever but it's about being flexible and fluid enough so that you can be in 
whatever polarity mm-hmm. suits that situation. Yeah. Right? In order to nurture. what I also find that sometimes in life, whether it's by choice or by demand, let's say a, a, someone with a feminine energy is forced by the circumstances to become more masculine. Yes. Which feels so unnatural and so, like, I don't want, like, there's so much resistance because it's not me, but life mm-hmm. at this point demands you to be more masculine. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the questions, right, to look into, like, what's the power in it? Right? And what am I kind of given away by being more masculine right now? Mm. Well, and then how do I come back to my core? Exactly. Right? How do I come I... back when it's not required? Let's say maybe this is like a time frame, right? But then how do I come back to nourish my feminine? Mm-hmm. If let's say if I'm all day, let's say, I don't know, you have a dying parent and all of a sudden you're, you're called to play this more masculine in charge role and like make life decisions and be more proactive and be more dominant. Mm-hmm. And then maybe when you come home, it's like I can be more creative and write poetry, which mm-hmm. like I, I know for myself, this is what fills my soul, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love it. I think it's a very ancient concept, right? And I think it's being rebirthed into mm-hmm. the modern age out of necessity and out yeah. of just human curiosity. But you look at some of uh, like ancient warriors, mm-hmm. right? like Miyamoto Musashi, yeah. and his whole thing is like a true warrior has to be balanced. It's like the warrior poet, right? Yeah. You got to be able to make beautiful art and also slay your enemies with no, you know, yeah. no second thought, which is really admirable in my eyes. To be able to play those mm-hmm. different roles. Yeah. Um, but that's what comes with consciousness, where it's like, I know. Because with anything else, it's like, if I know that, let's say, I'm wearing, like, three different hats, right? I have, like, three different, in a way, identities. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm somebody's wife. I'm, I don't know, somebody's, I don't know, teacher. And then I know that I'm playing, and those are, this is not me almost. Like, those are the hats, the roles that I play. Mm-hmm. And then at any point of time, I can choose which hat to put on and what role am I playing right now versus kind of like being a victim of it and just being pulled into it. Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of the same concept. It's like what is, requ- and that's, I think, kind of connected back to leadership. I'm constantly choosing who am I being in this moment. Mm. If I can master that, which I, I personally can because I feel like I'm so reactive. Talking about masculine energy, I'm like, oh, things are <laughs> happening. But mm. if I'm in a good space, in a healthy space, then you can consciously choose who am I going to be in this conversation right now? Mm-hmm. Who am I going to be when I go, I don't know, home to pick up kids later? Or who am I going to be when, you know, I'm working? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love the idea of uh, there's like just so much power in choice, right? Where I'm, I'm like, I'm choosing. I'm constantly choosing. Am I going to be more masculine, more feminine? What is, you know, how am I going to fill myself up Uh, there's this concept that I always like to say there's imagine a cup right and the cup is let's say half full Mm. and then you can never let it go below like let's say I don't know 60% and as you feel it's going below and the signs could be anxiety the signs could be a sickness the signs could be exhaustion whatever it is how do I fill it up and what fills it up Mm. and constantly redefining what fills up the cup for me Right, and I'm in charge of like, okay, I feel like I'm getting low. I need to fill it up. I need to make it more full. Mm-hmm. And ideally, like, there's that balance. Mm-hmm. It will never probably be hundred percent. Sometimes it's overflowing. You're Which like, is, oh my god, that's when so you want to give and yeah, give and that's, give. That's the giving. It's overflowing. I'm like the abundance of it, mm-hmm. the creativity, the ideas, the energy. 
and then you give it away and you're like oh i feel a little bit depleted right now what do i need mm-hmm. and this is the time to come back to okay mm-hmm. but also having the awareness of what fills it up and what takes away I think yeah. that's what a lot of people also struggle with well that's the self-care piece right that's the self-care which is like i really see self-care as quite a, like a revolutionary act it is right oh, it's radical yeah because it was always seen for so many i don't know generations i grew up definitely uh in the culture and family where it felt like princessy very high maintenance mm. and i hear it from a lot of women it feels high maintenance choosing me mm. it feels like i'm a princess versus coming from love right mm. yeah do you see that in men i wonder a difficulty with self-care yeah yes but from what point because see for women it's more like i'm being high maintenance they all call me princess um i think from men oftentimes it's just they'll just suck it up they've been mm. taught to just suck it up yeah. right it's like if something hurts suck it up if something yeah. doesn't feel right push through it yeah. right and so there's not even that we just numb ourselves we mm-hmm. become very numb yeah. and disconnected from our bodies and our hearts and like yeah. what's really happening and uh, we'll just push through usually until we break down mm-hmm. or until a crisis hits mm-hmm. right some sort of crisis that it's like life smacking you in the face saying slow down pay attention and a lot of people need that i also find talking about masculine energy like i see that with some of my friends who are like push 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 until something happens and they can't even get up and then they'll message me and they're like i can't get out of bed because like my i don't know nerve something happened it just happened three weeks ago and my initial reaction i think that person is gonna call me tonight but it was like of course that's the only way to stop you like you're not listening to any of the signs mm-hmm. for some people it can be an accident for some people it can be sickness because it's like the universe the the force right is trying to say slow down slow down maybe there's traffic maybe something happens like little pieces and if you're not listening the last one is to actually put you in bed right mm-hmm. that's the only way to stop you and be like enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's like in those opportunities or in those moments seeing the opportunity mm. to, to 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 frame it like that and yeah. be thankful for it exactly. which is not that easy but that's where you can learn so much yeah i agree so with much. you like if you can just pause like pause and think like why why am i here like why is this happening and what were the signs before this Mm -hmm. right and what's going to be different because we know we just like it's default we're just going to jump back into it because the same thing it's like the to do Mm -hmm. because in order to be someone you need to achieve certain things otherwise you are worthless Mm. just the way you are it's not good enough yeah yeah but i can see that with men and both women too the sucker up idea mm-hmm. well definitely especially women professionals right in the mm-hmm. corporate world which is a very masculine dominated energy yeah. um which is changing right yeah I mean, all this oh, is yeah. changing real quick which is awesome very quick um but yeah we're all we all can fall uh you know say fall victim fall just lose track of ourselves mm-hmm. right lose track of our own needs become overly giving um i have that i would say like the caretaker is very strong in me mm. and caretaker to the point where i start to resent mm. and the funny part that i keep finding out that nobody has asked me to caretake them i've made the choice of myself talking about choice mm. but then yeah like how do you stop yourself and be like okay well, what is going to be that balance right because it's like i tend to caretake people 
mm. until I'm so exhausted that I resent it. Right? And like that, having that knowledge that this is a default mm. also mechanism, right? Because then that makes me feel good. I'm like, I'm taking care of all of these things. Yeah. And when do I fit in? Yeah. Yeah, so it can be sustained, right? Yeah, so, so I think sustain. that would be the one for like women more. It's like taking on so much mm. of caretaking that we then become exhausted and resentful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting to look at the evolutionary mm-hmm. aspect of things. Yeah. And apparently women, you know, they are just physiologically wired to be able to withstand more stress. Like you guys have more insulation on certain nerves. Mm-hmm. So you can withstand more stress and like go through childbirth and all these different things. Because um, if you think about it from you know a hunter-gatherer tribal perspective, it would have been adaptive for a woman to essentially caretake herself to death so that the next generation can live. Mm-hmm. If you think about it in terms yeah. of perpetuating the species, right? It's yeah. adaptive. So it makes sense. You know, genetic memory, it's still deep yeah. in there. Our animal nature, right? That we often, you know, we live in a different time. Right, and so it's becoming aware of that and choosing, okay, is this really resourceful at this moment, mm-hmm. or is this just an ancient pattern being played out within me that I can kind of pull back from and laugh at and then choose different? And I feel like I don't want to take away the conversation, but the feminist in me is like screaming right now, mm. like, yeah, is it adaptive? Because I would, well, okay, or yeah, yeah. is it like a leeway for men not well, to step it, in? No, well. Like, and I, I would agree. I would agree. And I think that's a really rich um, place to look because so much of traditional science has been done by men. Traditional medicine exactly. has been done by men. So they have their own bias, right? Or but hero's I'm, journey. Mm. So how do you, you know right about the yeah, work of Joseph hero's journey? There, yeah. yeah, there is no women. Have you ever heard about a, about a hero who was a woman? They were mothers, they were daughters, they were sisters who assisted the hero, but the hero was always a man. Mm. So it's like going back to that, like, adaptive. Yeah, we are super adaptive. Mm. But then, have we become that out of necessity? And mm. is that lowering kind of standards for men? And being like, well, I and especially like in a very... Um, traditional cultures right it's like well you're wired for this Mm. your body is made for this not to sleep through the night for two months like you're totally adaptive to it right and women are like i know yeah yeah well that's a crazy one i mean i mean and that like natural childbirthing and child rearing and 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 the way that it's done mostly these days Mm -hmm. which to me is complete it's like child abuse Mm-hmm. Right, like forcing two parents to be the only—I I mean, in in a good case, two parents, yeah. right? Often a single case, parent yeah. mm-hmm. to be the only source of providence and love and nurturance for a newborn—that's like crazy, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and then putting them in a crib and wrapping them up and letting them cry—like that's—it's all crazy to me. But I don't think parents do that anymore. What I love, what has changed, mm. is like at least I went through this experience twice and. Uh, at least they give you the baby now. They used to take them away. Now, like, no mother can imagine that you give a birth to a baby and they'll take it away. So, so yeah, so they give you the baby now. They give you of... the baby. Yeah, the baby stays with you. The baby never mm. leaves your side. So, and I feel like the new way of nurturing, because now we know so much more that you never let your baby cry, right? Because this mm. is where you actually raise healthy, 
uh, nervous system. It's like you don't let the baby cry. Mm. You hold them. You care for them. You're with them as mm. much as you can. But yeah, it is very demanding. But I think there's so much more knowledge now about... And this is like, even as a coach, right? The perspective that sometimes... Like, I'm so conscious about it. Because I work with women and men. And most of them, their inner voice is their parents' voice. Mm. Right? They have perfected the monologue of self-demeaning, of self-judging. They don't need the parents anymore. They can now do it to themselves mm. for the rest of their life. So, when, I, when I'm in a conversation with my kids and I'm losing it, in my mind, I'm like, I'll pay for the therapy session. <laughs> and then I always go back and I'm like, I'm sorry. I should have said that. Because mm. I'm like, I, I can already, like, with the awareness comes, right? The responsibility mm. of, like, ah, I, like, I see as I am doing it mm. to you. But then I can come back and fix it, hopefully. And then, and one of my therapists that I work with, she told me, like, as long as you're doing 30% right, you're good. Mm. Like, you need to do it right 30% of the time. I'm like, I think I'm good. 30%. Okay. Just in life, too. Yeah. What a beautiful kind of, like, permission concept. I know, If you're right? doing it 30% right, you're good. I like it. We can I like it. I don't know that. where they came up with 30%, but I don't know. it feels very achievable. <laughs> very achievable. I agree. Oh, that is, yeah. Where do you want to take it? Well, I one thing that popped up mm-hmm. when we were talking earlier about how do we heal it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is in getting comfortable in the dirty, heavy, and not necessarily physically mm-hmm, dirty, mm-hmm. Um, but in the real, you know, the muck, the yeah. muck of life, right? Where we, of it. yeah, um, which has the sort of the perfect analogy that, like, you know, the way to build strength and to build mm-hmm. um, self reliance or to build, um, you know, functional, connected people in a sense mm-hmm. it's like let kids play in the dirt let them yeah. get dirty let them get yeah. cut let them fight each other and have little in- battles and things and and wrestle and all that stuff right because by doing so they're gonna they're gonna maintain that connection to nature which yeah. for me is fundamental it's like if we're not connected to the planet and our place on it i don't see a sustainable like healthy future coming out of you know, like trying to get to Mars or trying to yeah. like... It's like, yes, and like I imagine a uh, 40-year-old man, mm. right? Working 11 hours a day, driving home, whether he has a family or not. How do you go from that to connecting to nature? It's almost like, what What are the steps in between? I mean... Because it's almost like two extremes, you know? It's like... You, you want to take me out of this corporate jungles or whatever it is in like, you know, the 80 hours week and like kind of sell my clothes, my car and go into the nature and connect with nature. It's like, what, what's the, yeah, well, what, what's the in between? Like, yeah. what are some like steps to healing that are small, that are yeah. achievable? I mean, I would say a couple simple ones would be having plants around mm. right just having plants in your home space your mm. workspace whatever using essential oils using a diffuser to get the mm. scent of essential oils going um so augmenting right our our work life our home life yeah. so we have aspects of that mm-hmm. but then it can be as simple as just you know if there's a park anywhere within 10 minutes 15 minutes of your home i know in toronto and in canada in general we're blessed to have lots of park yeah. spaces and green spaces 
So just walk down, you know, mm-hmm. walk down, spend a few minutes with some trees. You know, it doesn't have to be anything intense. Yeah. But, uh, I think from a kind of like a, a brain or a personality perspective, the work, um, I would suggest to start spending time alone, mm. uninterrupted. There are days when, like, I love podcasts. I'm always in my car. My car is the only time when I can actually chat with my friends and do all those things. But it's like consciously turning it off and being in the quiet zone because we're so used to always having a noise on the background netflix is playing music is playing even if we go to the park to actually consciously choose to be silent and be alone and taking time Mm. maybe once a week to be alone and see what emerges like Mm -hmm. it is kind of form of meditation Mm -hmm. but really again going to self-love choosing to disconnect and connect with yourself and i remember doing the small steps like the phone is ringing and i would say do i want to talk to this person right now Mm. versus automatically picking it up i'm invited to an event do i want to go to that event it's like constantly like when you when they say like i don't know how to start i feel like i don't even know myself because you know i've been Mm. living this role for so long the way you started is questioning your reality it's like am i reading this book because i enjoy it or because you told me to read it kind of was on your channel like i should read it too Mm. you know i don't want to sound dumb it's am i eating this because am i enjoying it right now like do i love this food because if you like ask majority of people they're like what's your favorite food they're like i don't know it's like i I drive from work whatever i see i'll just stop by like consciously getting really clear on what it is that i like what it is that i want Mm. and that would be kind of my small step where to start and yeah silence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well yeah what fills your cup right Mm -hmm. getting back to the cup yeah and i'll give you an example for like people would say like ah like let's have some fun this weekend and fun would be things that we have done when we're 19. (laughs) and it's like now i i'll be turning 35 and for me i last year i took some time and i'm like i'm gonna journal what is fun for me now Mm. because i think we all have the idea of like fun is being with a crowd of people fun is going out dancing fun is maybe drinking fun whatever it is right and redefining what is fun for me now mm. not culturally not what everybody else loves what do i like what fills up my cup what do i find mm. fun mm. and maybe like for me i know like i love spending time with my friends at home or because at a bar it's like yeah at home because we can again like i love taking care of people and cooking and we just have conversations and we go deep and we die fast and mm. we just have this most amazing I don't know conversations and i love that and i enjoy that mm-hmm. yeah it's fun yeah well i think there's a there's a, a movement towards that type of thing right i, I mean i see it again getting back to the whole mm-hmm. are we in a bubble how yeah. big is the bubble type of thing mm-hmm. but like you know i had a friend invite me over to play board games yeah right it's not going out any place we're just going to sit together have some yeah. food maybe yeah. some drink maybe some smoke whatever yeah. and play and, board games and yeah and chat it. and play games right that's what we did we went for new year's with a bunch of friends skiing in the cottage and we just brought a bunch of board games and it was so much fun to just play board games and be with each other right because this is mm. i find the biggest gift is time presence like time just yeah just being present with each other right now mm-hmm. i'm really really grateful thank you for you know giving me your time and having this conversation mm-hmm. or when someone is giving me their time to meet for coffee mm-hmm. or i have a call like being present and time is such a high value mm-hmm. right now going back to where we started 
in this world of intensity of urgency of distractions of so many things are happening at the same time mm-hmm. just like being present with somebody and playing a board game that sounds like so luxurious I know I know yeah it's 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 funny that things that used to be um, like you know like simple like almost like peasant yeah. peasant yeah. type stuff right yeah. to use a, a term but um, that's now it's almost like you have to have enough everything else to have the abundance yeah. of time to have the freedom to do the thing that we used to just do exactly being, being human exactly I feel the same way mm-hmm. it almost like we had to achieve all of those things like there is a joke right where the guy is lying on the beach underneath the palm tree and uh, the business owner comes and he's like why are you lying down why don't you just collect some bananas go and sell them he's like then what you make money, you collect even more bananas. He's like, then what? And then you hire five people and you collect even more bananas and you sell them, right? And then you open a store. He's like, and then what? And then you can come and lie on the beach. He's like, but I'm doing it now. Yeah. But it's it's that concept. Yeah. It's almost like, but it, we're always returning back to our roots. Like we have to go through life and do all these things and achieve all these things to finally come back to, I want to go to a farmer's market. Mm. I don't want to go to Loveless. And that's what we used to do when we were kids, right? But mm-hmm. we were dying to go to Loveless or supermarket. We're like, I don't want to just eat, you know, villagers' food. Mm-hmm. And now this is the food. Or playing games, being outside. Just honestly, being outside and having nowhere to go, mm. it's such a rare occasion. I catch myself sometimes on the side. I'm like, mm. I have nowhere to be. Mm. And it almost like it excites me. And there's that happiness of like, oh my God. What am I going to do with myself? I have mm. nowhere to be. I don't have an appointment. Mm. Yeah, liberation. See how you're like breathing and your body language changes. It's like, yeah. 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 Slowing down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like as we continue to complexify, mm-hmm. there's, all, there's that need to simplify, simplify in other ways, right? Just so we can not overload ourselves, yeah. right? So our nervous systems can maintain some sort of balance. Exactly. Um, so yeah, nature connection. It comes in many forms, right? It comes in many forms, whether it's just being with a person, mm-hmm. being with yourself. So so valuable, mm-hmm. right? Definitely so valuable to have that, and for people to, um, like we said, give themselves permission. Right? This is why I said that there are a lot of people that are working now about uh, building communities. Like, mm. how do we build more communal living? How do we build communities? How do we build shared economy so that we're not all doing the same thing or we're not all paying for the same thing, that we we can share and we can be with each other? Because mm-hmm. Denmark, right, it has been voted many, many, many years as one of the happiest nations. Mm-hmm. And part of it, contribution, that they have the communal living. They have basically, you know how we have townhouses? Imagine this townhouse without the walls. And it's like seven families living together mm. under the same roof. I believe in that concept and I hope oh, yeah. I'm still around when the communal living becomes accessible. Just like what a joy to come home and share your day and dinner with like friends and people that you live with and be in each other's life. And yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm very pro shared community yeah, no, and economy. You. I'm with you. And I see, I know of one movement, the Ubuntu Liberation mm-hmm. Movement, which has a Canadian sort of arm to it. Okay. And uh, they are currently building and partnered, actually, with a municipality called North Frontenac. Mm-hmm. This is in between here and Ottawa. And uh, they're doing just that. 
they're building earth ships so these are like integrated wow. like yeah. super solar and efficient little structures awesome. and uh yeah they're open for people to just come and contribute right ubuntu mm -hmm. con uh, translates to contributionalism mm -hmm. um so it's happening it's happening i think the way it's happening and um it almost like there is some extremism to it. I don't know. There were like extremes. Like then you have to move out of the city and like go mm. three hours. North. It feels to me like it's too woo-woo. Mm. Like how can we make it normal? Can, how can we create more of that within where we live and where we work? Instead of like it's it feels a lot of either or. Either or. Yeah. Either you're in a city, you're busy, exhausted, and like super expensive. Or... You're in a country, cheap, accessible, communal. But it's like, how do we... Have both. How can we have both? Can it, how yeah. can we have it more accessible and more normalized? It's like it's just part of life. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking mm -hmm. about this a lot. And I think there's a case to be made in the way I come at it through the health perspective, right? Mm -hmm. the, the lens of health. Um, that you could get, whether it's just to start, just a small group of people either like you know philanthropy or whatever is going to yeah. fund it to get a little property and then that can be your place i mean a lot of people can work from wherever these yeah. days so and this is my ideal it's like maybe three yeah. four days in the city three four days in the country mm -hmm. and i can go back and forth and i can go back and forth and mm -hmm. i've got you know goats and chickens and mm -hmm. garden and all that stuff accessible out there and i come to the city and there's farmers markets and there's things mm -hmm. happening here and there's people that are more city central and i can stay with them mm -hmm. um i mean because i can yeah. see just within my own network like it's possible like yeah. i have farmer friends i have city friends yeah i could could live out of my car like yeah. currently i'm essentially just living out of my car and traveling around to wherever <laughs> life takes me yeah. um to to one to one degree or another um so it's there right it's there it's just like asking i guess or or um, it has to reach a critical mass right for it to like, like well with everything for for yeah exactly so for i think if you could demonstrate which i think wouldn't be that hard it would take a lot of work but it wouldn't be that or that complicated but if you could demonstrate that like say for mental health yeah. right which is the big thing these days mm -hmm. that you know you can help treat or reverse or limit the the destruction caused by anxiety depression and addiction all that stuff by taking them out of the city school yeah. buses imagine like thursday night it's they gonna be four hour, four day week mm. third thursday night there's school buses on bay street college street <laughs> queen people jump in with the luggage we're taking them out of town for yeah. like three four days they work in the ground yeah in the garden yeah and then sunday night they're transported they back. back. They're rejuvenated. They're let's revitalized. do let's do a case study. Maybe like there will be some volunteers who'll sign up. I'll organize the school bus. Okay. Let's do I it. I can think of a lot of people who <laughs> would probably be down. Yeah. yeah. And I need it for myself, right? It's the whole yeah. thing with and Tim Ferriss talks about this, you know, yeah. scratch your own itch. Yeah. Right? Because there's a need. Yeah. There is a serious need. Or like I think again, like I'm always thinking like what is the small step, an accessible mm. step. And I think Robin Sharma mentioned it that he has green days. Mm. Once a week has a green day. And green days, no technology, and green days, like no phone, no laptop. Mm. And again, like Team Ferris does it too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they, they choose at least to have one green day when they go into nature, they spend time alone, they mm. reconnect, whether it's with their family or just um, friends. 
and like there's no distractions and there's no uh, technology. I have that with my kids. We have mm. no electronics from Monday to Friday. Whoa! Like nothing. They're not allowed That's a TV, lot. Okay. iPad, nothing. And on the weekend they get. But again, weekends we all, we're always You're doing, doing something. We're outside. Yeah. So, but they're used to it for many years. It's like we color, we play board games. They get bored. They fight with me over iPad. Or, but we're like, we cook, we spend time, and it's like, mm. great. Like, I love when kids get bored. Because mm. that's the creativity, right? They're like, I'm so bored. I'm like, great, go clean your room. They're like, no, it's okay, I'll go play Lego. Like, right? <laughs> so that's the kind bored of. Bored no more. Yeah. yeah, bored no more. Like, go clean your room. <laughs> that's the Russian, right? And me. Go out of your board. I'm going to find you something to do. Yeah. But this is the creativity. It's like, let them be bored and let yourself be bored like be bored out of curiosity mm. see like, what comes up what like see what comes up what if you turn off all the technology and you just went into the forest and you had nothing to do or you had breakfast without your phone or you mm. went to the bathroom for the first time without your phone mm. like what would that be like yeah i think anxiety inducing at first yeah and then freeing that's been my experience. I, I went to Camp Reset, right? It's this mm. camp for adults uh, that was a three-day experience. And on the first day, and it was so exciting for me when I read while signing up that you are not allowed to have a cell phone. You're not allowed to talk about your work. You're not allowed to use your real name. They had all these rules. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And I gave mm -hmm. away my cell phone. And for the first 24 hours, of course, it felt like, I want to take a picture. I want to put it on Instagram. Like, your whole life is like, oh, how can I share this? Like, I love this so much, mm -hmm. and I want to share this. Or how can this be, you know, part of my story? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just constant, constant. But then you forget about it. The only challenge was that it was, like, maybe over 100 people. You can't find anybody. You have to walk around, like, in oh, the old days. Yeah. Like you know, it's like, people. did you see Paul? Ah, I think he went to that <laughs> other side of the forest. You're like, okay, tell him I'm looking for him. And yeah. it was just so much fun. Mm. And then on Sunday, when they gave us back our phones, there was this, like, resistance. We're like, I don't want it. Can mm. you please take it away. I know I have to go back to the world, but within short three days, I was like, I don't want it. Because it's mm. such a distraction. Like, I've been playing all weekend. I've been just participating and enjoying and being so present. Like, I don't want it. Take mm. it away. So, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. something we can sign up for, like, Green Day once a week. No electronics. Yeah. That feels, yeah. even that feels radical. It is. It is. It can start with a green hour, right? I know they had tech, yeah. tech free zone at a club I was part of in university. Mm -hmm. So, for like two hours or three hours during the afternoon, come, hang out, paint, color, talk, mm. sip tea. Right, That's but cool it takes it takes too, those yeah. people to to hold that space. Right, again, we get back to the whole like just holding yeah. space and creating the environment, so that the healing can occur, and, the connection can yeah, occur. Yeah, and the, the the my devils are kind of advocate and voice of like, yeah, who can afford that? Mm. Right, it's like, oh, what I'm gonna disconnect and go paint for three hours? Like, really? Like that's like the first reaction, which I know, like if we make mm -hmm. it a choice, we're like, this is I can watch Scandal. Or I can go and paint, right? It's like, it's all about the choice. But I know for a lot mm -hmm. of people, first reaction would be, I can't afford it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm on my phone 24-7. Mm -hmm. So it's going back to self-love, right? Choosing, choosing you. Mm -hmm. Like, this whole radical concept of I matter. Mm -hmm. How I feel matters. 
what I think matters. Because often, like even online, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to contribute. Who am I? What do I have to say? I'm not going to shake the boat, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like the idea of like, I matter and how I feel matters. And yes, something will have to go. Mm. But I want to take this like three hours for myself because when I do, I know that then I'm more productive, I'm more connected, I'm more grounded, I'm more, I don't know, I'm more loving, I'm mm. not as exhausted. So I guess doing it for the first couple of times, seeing the benefit of it, almost like how can I sell it to myself? Mm-hmm. Right from a business perspective, it's like, is it valuable? Like, what's the benefit of it? I think finding and then reminding yourself mm-hmm. that it is. You know how they say, if you don't have five minutes to meditate, you have to meditate for an hour. Yeah. Like, how can we be more in control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a lot of steps to take. If someone is listening, and like, where do I start? Yeah, well, I mean, like we said, start small, you know, mm-hmm. make a salad get a get a potted rosemary bush or something get some i don't know something um make a date with someone to go for a walk in the park with no phones mm. go to a yoga class go to a meditation yeah. like there's so many little things listen to a guided like there's so many little things that and and to to not get overwhelmed right just start small get some success and that's I think the business person in me is like, oh my God, this is such an opportunity to like start a movement. You know how like running room, they're like, 8 a.m., we're going to go for a run. Because I think I find that and I find that for myself too. A lot of people are like, but I don't want to do it alone. Yes. Again, coming back to being like, I feel so isolated. Let's say I don't have a partner in my life and maybe like my friends, like they all had kids and they're busy or whatever, you know, stage of life. I don't want to do it alone. So imagine if we had this like little hops that on Sunday people consciously choose to get together for like three hours, no phones, and do it together. Like, let's go for a walk. Let's go and draw. I feel like that's for many of us. It's like, but I don't want to do it alone. It sounds Mm. fun, and I don't want to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we need to be the first ones to... Let's do it. Organize something. Let's do it. Let's have a Sunday walk. Because today feels like spring in Toronto. It does. Plus nine. Plus nine. Wow. Yeah, so if, yeah, maybe like those are the small steps and I'd be totally up for it if somebody wants to come for a walk without their phone for two hours and see how that goes. Mm. And I think we as two professionals can assist them with any panic attack or anxiety attack that they might experience mm-hmm. and do a group tree hugging session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a good start. Let's do it. Yeah, it sounds like an ideal Sunday afternoon to me. Mm-hmm yeah okay beautiful beautiful well, i want to begin to wrap here yeah um and when you hear the term redefining reality mm-hmm. what comes up i think what comes up for me is redefining yourself mm-hmm. i am my own reality i am your reality if i say like how do you see your world you would describe a certain world right so i think again going back to i'm responsible for myself and then I create my reality, but also your reality and my children's mm. reality and my neighbor's reality. Mm. I think it starts with redefining, redefining love, redefining masculinity, redefining femininity, redefining, you know, what it means to have fun. Mm. It's all of those pieces, like they're little pieces that then create a bigger reality mm. for all of us. Very nice. Very nice. Another question I'd love to ask people. Is there anything, or are you currently in the process, anything recent or currently in the process of letting go 
of suffering we talked about mm. this is like ongoing theme in my life mm. it's like how do i let go of unnecessary I'm, mm. i want to like emphasize that because my life is amazing but the habitual way of being from childhood and early teenage years is suffering mm. so it's like letting go and like reminding myself it's like oh there goes my like thought pattern again like and then like just jumping back into gratitude and it's like no this is not a reality of my life anymore mm. i have this and i have this and i'm doing like this amazing work and i have all these friends and like i'm so loud and like constantly reminding myself that it's habitual it's like we creating new neural pathways right it's like it, it, it's just my default unfortunately i don't mm -hmm. know like how it happened mm -hmm. i know why but i'm like how did i allow this to happen mm -hmm. that my natural state of being often became suffering like mm. emotionally suffering and feeling isolated and feeling lonely and it's not true mm. and maybe that's something to question when you're finding yourself in that state is this true mm. it's like nobody loves me who is nobody mm. You know, or everybody. I always ask, like in my work with clients, I'm taking me away, but it's like, who is the everybody? Tell me the names. And they're like, uh, or like, oh, but what would people say? Who are the people? Mm. Like, I want to know the names. Who do you actually care about? Who matters? Mm. Right? So letting go of like unnecessary emotional suffering mm. and just enjoying, like enjoying every day. These conversations, the beautiful snacks that you made for us jumping back to the snacks i can't wait when we wrap it up <laughs> and just like we are alive and we live in a beautiful time mm -hmm. in a beautiful country city world we're so blessed mm -hmm. amen mm -hmm. amen mm -hmm. <laughs> well thank you thank you i just want to take a second to acknowledge you for mm -hmm. you know the leader that you are and the community builder and the woman and the mother i didn't even get to ask you about your kids and that whole thing that'd be fascinating to dive into at some that point would be but like a whole other yes podcast exactly about raising exactly. raising kids <laughs> exactly but just for standing for these things mm. right for standing for these things yeah. and going doing the work right mm. to make a make a difference and to live in a different way yeah. which is in a in of itself a very like revolutionary and evolutionary mm. act I, I do believe in leadership and thank you for acknowledging that and creating a space for people like me to have a platform to speak and kind of like enroll others mm. because leadership is about taking responsibility for our world. Mm. Like it's not, not waiting for someone else to change it, not waiting. That's why mm. every time we talk about something like, how can what we can make we this happen? Action. How can we contribute? How can we part of it? Versus being in a passive state of when someone else creates it, I will participate. Call me yeah. when you do it. It's like, no, how do we take responsibility for the world we live in? every day so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm super grateful to just chat with you about it and see what comes out of it mm -hmm. i'd be happy to do mm -hmm. the detox walk maybe that's, that, that's the small start that's a good start thank you okay and if people want to connect with you find your stuff online what's the best place to do so i think uh facebook would probably be the best anya romanova i'll send you a link mm-hmm um yeah facebook and uh, i'm participating in a couple of groups and then if they want to if they feel inclined to check out our modern love project it will be modernloveproject.com for the upcoming events and yeah we would love to yeah just reach out 
Uh, my website is anyabromanova.com, which hasn't been updated, so I'm kind of like a little mm. bit hesitant to give it away I know, yeah. because I just, I don't know, it just hasn't been a priority, I guess, doing the work in the field. Mm. But yet, be happy if people reach out and connect. Beautiful. Beautiful. And for everyone listening, you will find complete show notes to this episode at brianhardy.ca forward slash Anya. That's A-N-Y-A. And uh, yeah, everything we talked about will be there. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this has been valuable. You know, if something stood out, if you want to join us on this digital detox experience, reach out, connect, let's make something happen. And uh, until next time, be well and keep redefining reality. Ciao for now. Thank you for listening, my friends. You know what to do. If you appreciated this episode, head on over to iTunes. Give this podcast a subscription, a rating, and a review. It helps so much with getting more people to find the show, to tune into the show, and to potentially change their lives because of the information and the guests that we have on. So that would be so much appreciated. Until next time, love your life and keep redefining reality. There's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek And the love that's already there Now let this soften my soul And focus my stare I said this life Got me by the heart Said it's in a vice Not too proud to go and seek advice When I know that I really ain't Knowing nothing at all Perhaps I do Made a transition and I finally got a clue But I ain't got a clue on what to do When I'm sitting and waiting and forming a plan When I'm taking my life in my hands Said that I am worthy No matter what they say, I have purpose When I'm following my dharma and I serve this Well, this is what I'm aiming for Everything I need And all that I am grateful for And this is where we find out how to live Make me the trees and I swear that I'll give Everything I can to keep air in your lungs Truth on your tongue, the work is never done hey. The work is never done Balance on the past said there's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there I let this soften my soul and focus my stare Yeah, I almost lost hope, but I didn't Had to learn things the hard way to cope with the mission Sometimes it seems so far away And the vision that I followed didn't play out how I saw it But the message and the lesson 
manifested in the knowledge that my love is the palette, groovy and colorful. My love is in spirit, physical and tangible. This love is worthy, but it's gonna take some work. If you're willing and available, there's things that we could learn between what comes naturally and what you gotta work for. Beneath all that, that lies the beauty that you live for. Believe in the treasures that we all seem to dig for. Deep ninja health, Buddha, you were made to transform. Self, put you back into it Go on with your higher self Sweat and blood, prove it If you want it, you can have it Pay your dues, witness magic Wrap it up in a package Give it back to the masses Between the love that we lead and the one that we pray for Now give us balance on the past and there's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there Now let it soften my soul and focus my stay Yes.